Kairos. This is your moment. Liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. We must participate in the public square. This is a moment in time that will define history as we know it, the furtherance of America as we know it. That's a powerful gift, freedom. And we're not going to bow to tyranny. This isn't me standing, it's us. This is the moment for the body of Christ. We pray that there would be an awakening and a revival in the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my guest tonight is Seth Gruber. And Seth and I are going to be taking a look at some of the stuff in the news. And actually, a lot of it's kind of troubling. Uh, some of the stuff is a little bit frustrating. And I love your commentary. And especially as we're looking at some of the stuff the president's been saying lately. Yeah. So we're going to take a look at that. And then I wanted you to kind of, I don't know, extrapolate some of these things that we're going to be seeing and, and break it down for us. Because as you and I both know, uh, for the church in America, if we don't get the life issue right, we're not going to get any of it right. That's right. And we're watching as life of the unborn is under attack. We, we got H.R. 5, you know, House Resolution 5. Yeah. This thing is vile. Now, yeah. as we saw with Charlie Kirk when he covered it, Lord willing, mansion and cinema aren't going to lift the filibuster. Yeah. And so we'll be spared from H.R. 5. But we have to reach Scary out. <clears throat> we got to reach out and thank Mansion and Cinema and yeah. try to encourage them to hold their their ground. Yep, so that's right. And then HR one, which would just make the voting in America even worse. Even worse. So um, let's let, let's jump into this. We're going to take a look. <clears throat> the President of the United States, uh, his his Homeland Security Secretary, uh, said that there's no crisis at the border now. Before we get into a clip right. and with this crisis at the border, the, the previous administration sealed the border. We, we saw a decline in illegal immigration. Yeah. This president, wide open. And I, I wanted to, to set the stage for those of you who are watching that Michelle and I live really close to the church. Mm -hmm. And we, we've got a gate at our house that goes to the back. And when we bought the house, it had... Uh, a jacuzzi mm -hmm. that was there when, when we moved in. We were told that we have to put a lock on the gate so that if we don't, we're liable for, let's say that a three-year-old lives next door to us. The gate's open, they go in, the, the cover on the hot tub isn't clipped and it's open, right. and the child is enticed, goes into our hot tub and drowns. We're liable and we're held responsible for the death of that child because... Wow. But, well, listen, we enticed the child. We didn't put parameters and boundaries. Right. And that child wandered into a place of great danger to itself. Yeah. And we're going to go before a court of law. Well, mm -hmm. listen, the government of the United States of America is enticing human beings to make a wow. treacherous journey north where they're traded in the sex, sex slave industry. The children are kidnapped. Yeah. They're abused and molested. Uh, they're used as vehicles for transporting drugs, right. and and it, it's vile what's happening right. to these young people at the border, and we're guilty because we're enticing them with an open border, saying come, 
And they want them to come, and, and this, is, this is where you're going to fit in, and you're going to be able to make commentary because your insights will bless folks. It's, it's, it's my belief that the Holocaust on the black community in America by the Democratic Party mm-hmm. that is pro-killing a baby to the third trimester, that it's not, the, the mother's womb is not yeah. safe when, when you're with a Democrat platform. That's right which is adversely affecting the black community because of a million babies a year aborted, 370,000 of them are black children, so the black birth rate in America is flatlined. That's right. The number one killer of blacks in America is abortion. Yep. And now they're watching that voting block shrink, which typically voted over 90%, sometimes 95 98% Democrat. Wow, right. Negative birth rate. And then Trump had the largest turnout in the black community because mm. they started to realize this party right. doesn't care about us. Yeah. So they've got to they, they've got to shore up that voting block. Right. So let's open the border. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to show you a couple of things. First of all, this is this is a crisis, and and the yeah. the left loves to use the term existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't even an existential crisis. This is a crisis right now. Right. 20,000 people a day flooding the border. Wow. And the previous administration was held, oh, you're putting children in cages. Right. And they did away with that. Yeah, yeah. And those cages, by the way, were designed by Obama and used by the Obama yeah, administration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're watching President Biden right. putting kids in cages again. It's just a temporary migration facility, Rob. Temporary migration facility. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we just labeled it wrong. <laughs> okay. But the president doesn't think that that's a crisis, let yeah. alone existential crisis. Yeah. He doesn't even think it's a crisis. Right. Here's the President of the United States in his own words. Now, by the way, share with them, because it gets kind of the, the audio on it. Um, they say, is the border a crisis? What does he say yeah, at yeah, the end? Yeah, yeah. You'll, and you'll see it right now, but you can hear him as he's walking away when they ask him if it's a crisis at the border. He says no, and then he says, we'll, but we'll take care of it. But we'll take care of it. But if it's we're, not we're, a crisis, there's nothing yeah, to take care of. Yeah. No, but we'll take care of it. And he's wearing a mask. Uh, and so, here you have it. Take a look at it. Did you receive a briefing about the border today? Uh, yes, I did. What did you learn? A lot. Is there a crisis at the border, sir? No, but we'll be able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then there's a picture, uh, interestingly enough, at the border with, with all of these... Uh, Biden, well, they're, they're illegal immigrants, okay. and, and I, I really got to figure out how they got so organized. Take a look at this picture. They're, they're wearing Biden, please let us in shirts. They got them all printed up. Wow. <clears throat> Where did they get those? Those signs are remarkable. Is there anybody funding this mass migration? Shh. <laughs> yeah. 20,000 beds for migrant children, it's, it's, it's wow. a mess, uh, projecting 117,000 unaccompanied minors. Right. And that's not a crisis. Yeah. And we're handling it, but it's not a crisis. 
and they're connected with you know human smuggling yeah. and human trafficking. Yeah. It's it's just awful. Yeah, I I, I really am at a loss for words um, anymore to to understand people's willingness to look past things like these like this to make excuses for the administration or to assume the best wishes of the people in power. I mean, you re remember during the Trump administration. Republicans actually requested additional funding specifically for increasing the amount of beds at the southern border. Uh, Democrats shot that down. They shot it down. So they're going to do anything they can to prevent their political opponents from getting a win, even if that win is the very thing they say they want to do for those same people. Right. But they have to be the ones to get credit for it. That's pretty sick. I love the way your brain works. You do see the weirdness in it all. Uh, okay, in another bit of news... Texas, and, and you know, for a while I was thinking Governor Abbott, Rhino, right. you know, Republican in name only, he's, he's folded. He, I thought Texas was, you know, the, the great place that yeah. everyone could go and have some freedom. And, and I was shocked at seeing Governor mm. Abbott just one after the other folding. Yeah. Watching Governor DeSantis in Florida light it up, Christy Nome in South Dakota lighting it up. Yeah. Abbott was AWOL. Yeah, yeah. Well, He's coming around. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's finally opened up Texas 100%. Yeah, amazing. Wide open. And Governor Newsom, of all people, Governor Newsom uh, said of Governor Abbott's decision that it's absolutely reckless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and one person tweeted, <laughs> they tweeted under uh, Newsom's tweet when he said it's absolutely reckless. Someone tweeted underneath it and, and said, which restaurant did you tweet that from, Governor? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If, 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 if that's reckless, Abbott, then I guess uh, Newsom was being incredibly reckless in yeah. having that uh, very expensive dinner with no masks indoors with all the windows shut. <laughs> At the French Laundry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And everyone's quick to defend him. Yeah, I put that clip up and somebody commented in the comment section, uh, he said he wasn't eating there. Well, he said the same thing at the French Laundry. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'll take that to the bank. All I ask you to do is look at the picture. Does that look like anyone was eating there? Yeah, 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 and the yeah. answer is yes. <laughs> yes, of course. And it wasn't like he was sitting there citing anybody. Yeah, yeah. And then President Biden goes after Texas and Mississippi, who oh, they, they open up. Right. And he calls them Neanderthals. <laughs> The unity is just rushing I just, in. I feel the joy of that, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel the state's rights and all that. Right. And you know, But it's the science. Yep, yep. It's the science. Take a look at this clip of President Biden calling Mississippi and Texas Neanderthals. <laughs> wow. It's just so... Message to Texas and Mississippi. Texas and Mississippi. I think it's a big mistake. Look, I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American, to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask, forget it. Neanderthal thinking, <laughs> right, right. even though the cases are dropping precipitously, herd immunity, but it's the science. Right, right, right. But we, we need everyone to get injected with this. Yeah, yeah. And, and even though you get injected, or even if you have the antibodies, you still can't take your mask off. 
But it's the promise of the mask coming off in May, and we may... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neanderthal thinking, that sort of like insinuates sort of like a sense of like very ancient, like yeah. out of date type of thinking, you know, like not recognizing new data, new statistics, because you're a Neanderthal, you're old, you're ancient, you're decrepit. Thick you're, skull. Yeah, exactly. You're not making, you're not like, you're not contextualizing your thinking based off of the newest cutting edge science. Okay, coming from a pro-abortion hack who says that not all humans are persons and is perfectly okay with leaving a born alive abortion survivor on the hospital table because its death was scheduled, dang it. So it was just a mistake that it slipped out of the birth canal. I mean, to hear Neanderthal thinking from a pro-abortion politician is just too much for me. Oh, but wait a minute. He's a faithful Catholic. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of the bishops have said otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're a faithful Catholic that be believes in the obliteration of a human being yep. because it's politically expedient. Yeah, yeah. And, and the coercion of others to participate in that evil, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I, I because as we're looking at H.R. 5, and they're, you know, the Equality Act or whatever label, and whatever label they put on it in the secular progressive left, right. it's the exact opposite. Yeah. And, and they, they, are, they are just single-handedly, if this thing passes, they will destroy women's rights. Yep. yep. They're gone. Yep. Absolutely gone. Any, any biological male is now permitted That's right. to participate in female sports, break all the records. Yeah. And, and yeah, sick. Let, let's just ask Speaker Pelosi, you, you said all these women were elected to the House. All right. How do you... How, how do you know they're women? Yeah, what is a woman? Yeah, what is a woman? Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a piece in First Things a couple days ago, Rob, and it talked about how some young minor women, high school age girls, are not drinking water in the morning before they go to school. Now, why? Because they don't want their bladder full. Why? Because they don't want to go to the restroom. Why? Because they're not sure if only women will be in the restroom. Yeah. I mean, there are real human consequences to this type of quote-unquote equality expletive. Yeah. Well, uh, w one of the consequences is a student in New York. I, I want you to take a look at this article. This, this student in New York, he, uh, well, he got kicked out. Check this out. He, wow. he At uh, uh, State University in New York, uh, Geneseo, I think is the location. It's kind of like Cal State Northridge, Cal State Channel Islands. Yeah. And he was suspended um, from a mandatory teaching program for posting Instagram videos expressing conservative ideology. He had the audacity to say that there are two genders, and he's kicked out of, uh, of this teaching program right. because of his social media posts. Wow. In his private life. Yeah. But it's, hey, Seth, come on, it's about the science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's, there's not just two genders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about the science. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to ban the word science from political discourse if I had the power to. It means, <laughs> it means nothing anymore. Yeah. It means virtually nothing. I, I, I would say the science says that you're a human being from the moment of conception. And then the party of science, quote unquote, the Democratic Party, says that you're not a human with rights until you, your last toe leaves the vaginal canal. Yeah. And also, boys can be girls and girls can be boys. I mean, the, the word science means virtually nothing today no. in today's political discourse. No. And, but, hey, masks work. We're two of them. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And it's just a political cudgel. And the virus only comes out at 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Yep.
Yeah, wait until the science, new, new breaking, breaking science has just discovered that conservatives are not human beings. I mean, but this was kind of the, what Gina Carano was kind of explaining, wasn't she? Yeah. When she got canceled for what, for being a conservative. She was saying, she wasn't using a Holocaust comparison inappropriately, the disrespect in Jews in any ways. If I can translate what Gina Carano was explaining, what she was kind of saying is that it's in the small things that the rock grows. That's what she was saying. Yeah. She was saying, these might look like small examples of soft bigotry or discrimination against our own American citizens, um, but this is just the beginning of what will become black mold. This is going to get a lot nastier because, and then her comparison was, the Nazis and Hitler actually worked to propagandize the culture to hate their own neighbors based off of religion, ethnicity, yep. or political views. She's saying, we're starting to go down that route. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of sort of funny, you know, self-effacing to talk about it that way. Oh, wait until the science says that conservatives are not human beings. But it, it's, it's actually kind of sobering. It's like that's actually where this is going. It's the demonization and the dehumanizing of your political opponents. And, and what's the logical end of that? When will those who are dehumanizing their political opponents be satisfied with the level of dehumanization? Yeah. I don't know. And... and where we we see a mutable trait such as the content of melanin in one's skin, all, and and we're systemically racist to that, right. unless the person possesses a large amount of melanin but has conservative ideology, yeah, they're right, no right, right. longer yeah. Candace Owens, Larry yeah, Elder, Larry Thomas Elder, Sol. Candace Owens, uh, yeah, they're done. Yep. So it it really it, the 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 racism and the intolerance is all on the left. Yeah, that's right. The intolerance of tolerance. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so, so now they take it and they come after a childhood hero of many kids. We all grew up with him. Right. I kind of thought he was a bit of a leftist, but nah, that's just me. But I did, I did enjoy his books when I was young. Yeah. <clears throat> and the older I got and started reading a little bit about him, I, I still thought he was brilliant. And his, the, 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 the method of his rhyming stuck with you. I mean, yeah, you had course. this way of yeah, yeah, yeah. sticking in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Seuss. Right. And now he's been canceled. Yeah. Gina Carano's canceled. Dr. Seuss is canceled. canceled and they, he's canceled. Are you ready for this? Because he's a racist. Right. Uh, I want to I show, um, in a nutshell, they said he's a racist. So, uh, but sure. I, I want to show uh, three clips from Tucker Carlson. And in between each clip, you and I will kind of just chime in. Okay. Take a look at him. Let's just see the first one. Say what you will about Dr. Seuss, maybe you think his drawings are primitive, maybe some of his dog rule doesn't actually rhyme, fair. But Dr. Seuss was not a racist. Dr. Seuss was a preachy liberal. He was an evangelist against bigotry. He wrote an entire shelf of books against racism and not in a subtle way. They were clearly, explicitly against racism. That was the whole point of writing them, to teach children not to be racist. He not only taught children not to be racist, he also valued the difference in humanity. And I don't know that he intended it that way, but he actually was speaking towards the unborn and he didn't even quite grasp it. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, I don't know. Horton, here's a who? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's an amazing story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a person's a person no matter how small. A person's a person no matter how small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yet that's their number one argument. Yep. And of course, in the, in the playbook of the left, similar to science, the word racist means virtually nothing. Yeah. The word racist is basically a stand-in for evil, bad, or things we don't like. Yeah. 
or yeah, that we don't like or, or we, we just disagree with. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or we don't think should even be permitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're the arbiters of that. That's right. Okay, so here's, and I thought, I love the way Tucker described it because, yeah, he, he's, a, he's on the left, but he always spoke out against racism. He was yeah, a yeah, true yeah. liberal yeah, a, yeah, yeah. when it was a good term. Right, right, right. And here he is again. Here's Tucker. Take a look. When the people in charge cancel Dr. Seuss, what they're really trying to eliminate is a very specific kind of mid-century American culture, a culture that championed meritocracy and colorblindness and the superiority of individual achievement over tribal identity. These were once called liberal values. Modern liberals don't want to be reminded that they once believed any of this. If your kids are allowed to read Dr. Seuss, they will know this was a different country not so long ago, a place where people tried hard not to hate each other, a place where the population was encouraged, begged by its leaders to reject identity politics in favor of universal values and the things that connect us all. We had Bill Fetter on last Friday. Yeah. And we, we showed a clip that has circulated widely across America where all these college-age students all line up at a starting line. And then right. they say, if you come from a two-parent family, take two steps forward. That's right, yeah, yeah. If uh, you had tutors that were paid for, take two steps forward. If you never had to worry about your cell phone being shut off, take two steps forward. If you didn't have to help your parents pay the bills, take two steps forward. And there was a group of kids that never left the starting line and all these other kids that were primarily white uh, and, and the folks that were still left at the starting line, uh, more melanin, less melanin, it was the whole contrast. And, and then the, the idea is, you see, systemic racism. And I love what Bill Federer said. He said, look, if the finish line is, is how much junk you can accumulate, <laughs> Then, then yeah. Right, right. Yeah, some people get a head start over others. Sure. But if the finish line is in the idea of Christ, which is the parable of the talents, right. what did you do with what I gave you? Mm. Right. And, and, I, and I look and I think, okay, so some of these kids do get to accumulate and have a great life and all that. But you look at names like, you know, Reverend Martin Luther King, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. You look at Frederick Douglass. You look at folks that started out. One was a, a slave. Yeah. Ends up becoming an ambassador for the United States of America. Wow. And, and you, you see someone who was instrumental in the civil rights movement transforming the country. Right. And they can use every excuse. I was listening to a comedian last night on the drive, Craig Schumacher. Foul-mouthed and people don't have to like him. But I listened to his life story and why humor is so critical. And he said, look... My dad left when I was born. My mother hated me. I was mm. raised in the projects of Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was kidnapped and molested as a young wow. boy. And I found that I, I refused to spend my life as a victim, and mm. I wanted to spread humor. Right. Because life can be so serious and so overwhelming and so paralyzing that I, I just decided I'm overcoming that. Right. And he was actually giving, and I didn't even realize this, I'd listened to his comedy clips, but I'm listening to him speak in Ojai, California. Hmm. Must have been to a kind of a new age movement or something. I, I didn't know anything about this, but I thought he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. <laughs> I never met him, but uh, yeah, ever yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's the talents, have you multiplied them or have you buried them? Right. And if life is about accumulating, okay, you got a greater start. But what are you doing to transform right. the world? Right. 
And nobody likes the idea. They want equal outcome. Yeah. They want equal outcome. Yeah. That's true. That's the only form of equality that they're seeking. That's it. Yeah, that we end in the same place. Yep. Right, because I mean, what you're talking about, Rob, is individual responsibility, Boom. right? And so are you given a path to run on that doesn't have unjust hurdles in the way, like barring your right to vote, right? Or, or actual vote suppression, right. or other types of actual racist policies that we had against black America. No, it, sure, there's gonna be obstacles in your path, because some of us are born with more privilege. Two parents, for example, married in the same home who don't divorce. That's a lot of privilege. Yeah. But of course, what Tucker's talking about is he's talking about a class struggle between Americans. And if one class of Americans proportionally has done better because they weren't victimized in the, in the history of this country, then that's unjust in and of itself. Any inequity, any, anything that's different is actually just an example of systemic racism and yeah. oppression. So people like Dr. Seuss, allegedly, and others, they just sort of become the heretics of the leftist theocracy because they're representative of these deeply ingrained systems of oppression. Mm. But, at, but the, at the bottom, at the root, is this assumption that the individual doesn't matter and personal responsibility doesn't matter. Right. And if you can pitch that and sell that to Americans, well, then you can be the savior who provides the solution because you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. No, no you don't even so that's, have that's, I think that's what Tucker's straps. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Great insight, Seth. Well done in, in the explanation of that. I'm grateful. I, I, Charlie Kirk the other night was commenting, and he said that the left loves the term existential crisis. Yeah, right, right, right. And if you're in India, you're wondering if you're going to have food, a roof over your head, and a bed to sleep in. Right, right, right. And you'd be so grateful that all you have to worry about in your life because you are so privileged right. is to ponder existential crises. Right. Not, not, not current, but impending crises. Yeah, not current, like people freezing to death in Texas. Right. Right, because yeah. you decided to be lit green and, yeah. and progressive. Yeah. But, you know, the sun monster. Yeah, the sun monster has to be shut down yeah. and freeze all the windmills. And that's an existential crisis because, you know, we're all going to the, melt yeah, and yeah, yeah. the water's going to rise while everyone's freezing to death. Right. And the president made it down, bless his heart, after the storms dissipated. When it was 80 degrees. 80 degrees, 75. Okay. He did make it down there. Wild. Uh, there's another Tucker clip. We, we went off on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another Tucker clip on this. Let's, let's take a look at it. Dr. Seuss was never a major literary figure, but his memory matters more than it ever has. The battle over Dr. Seuss, what he stood for, the battle over what it means to be racist, will have consequences that extend for generations. And if we lose that battle, America is lost. He's, he's, he's one of the, the last voices that makes sense. Yeah, right, right, right. That's right. And I'm surprised I haven't removed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I brought this up with you before, right, Pastor? We talked about one of C.S. Lewis's very powerful and applicable quotes in this time, that the most dangerous ideas in a society are not the ones being argued for, they're the ones being assumed. Uh, because assumed ideas or premises, especially when undetected, can destroy a nation. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of assumed premises and ideas uh, within the, uh, the religion of leftism. And they're ones that most of the proponents of that religion cannot argue for in any meaningful way, in any substantive way, because they're just assumed. Um, but those are very dangerous assumptions and ideas. That's true. There's, 
Benny Johnson always tends to put a, a funny spin on stuff, and they they modeled Dr. Seuss's poetic uh, pandemic. What is it? Meter? What is it? I, I, it says here, Colton Duncan, Benny Johnson, they put this together. I do not like this cancel sham. I do not like it, Sam I am. I do not like this racist trope. I do not like it. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and you know, you, you got you got That's Cardi funny. B, her song WAP or WAP or what is it WAP? Yeah, something WAP. like that. It's terrible. It made song of the year. But Dr. Seuss is a hurtful uh, racist. Right, right. Yep. And it's interesting too because you know, we're, we're digging through our history to find um, things that offend us, right? Um, and we're using those, as you understand, as a political cudgel against our political opponents, right? Yeah. Oh, what, you're, you're against tearing down this statue? Well, did you know he owned slaves? Well, if you're against tearing down that statue, it's because you're a racist. But it's so, it's, it's funny, tragic, ironic, whatever word you want to use, that actual examples now of racism, if they're on one side of the political aisle, are perfectly fine within that party. I mean, Joe Biden has literally said, if you can't figure out if you're for me or Trump, he said this on the Breakfast Club podcast, not if you're voting for Trump. If you're just like, I, I kind of want to hear the policies, I kind of want to tune into the presidential debate. Like, if you can't decide, is what he says, if you're for me or Trump, then you're not black. You ain't black. So your political persuasion, you're saying, Joe, is purely dictated on your melanin. Yep. Hey, you guys with darker melanin, I own you. Oh, I wonder why Joe Biden treats black people like he owns them. Maybe because Democrats used to own black people. They did. And maybe that ideology has not been successfully weeded out of the Democratic Party yet. And of course, we know that because of its evidences in the abortion industry. But this is the president of the United States who's not only said that, but he said regarding Barack Obama, quote, you've got the first clean, articulate black man in American politics. He said that, you know, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. I mean, all these types of assumptions, and we're going to get to sort of other Freudian slips of, of Biden's here in a second, but um, ideas have consequences. And I think those ideas are so deeply ingrained and assumed into the Democratic Party um, that they do slip out in a very Freudian way. You had a couple of them. Uh, well, you, you covered one uh, when you were with Micah uh, on your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's, he's uh, on CNN at that town hall meeting where he, uh, he gaffed af gaff after gaff at that Yeah, with one. Anderson Cooper, yeah. With Anderson Cooper. I think we have a clip of it. Yeah, yeah, we got to show this. How he feels about kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let, let's show that Anderson Cooper clip if we could. Good to be back, man. That's nice to see you, sir. And you know you enjoy being home with the baby more. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I do, yes. Yeah, he's nine and a half months, so I, I'm very happy. It. No, no. Everybody knows I like kids better than people. I so saw a picture of you with your grandson recently. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, did, did he just say, I like kids better than people? Yeah, that's right. He said, everyone knows I like kids better than people. <laughs> so there's actually a couple layers of um, uh, child kid-hating um, assumptions, kid-hating worldviews in this clip. Firstly, Anderson Cooper is a married gay man with a nine-and-a-half-month-old baby who's depriving that, that child of a mother. Every child deserves a mother and a father, and that child is being deprived of that um, because of the sexual desires of adults. Um, and that's, that's immoral, that's wrong, it's unjust. Um, but then he, he says to Biden, he's like, oh, I said, you know, uh, or Biden tells Anderson Cooper, oh, you know you like being home with the baby more. Right? And he says, oh, yeah, we're very happy. And then Biden says, every, yeah, every, I mean, everybody knows I like kids more than people. 
So why create a differentiation between the two, Joe? Why would you use separate words to describe kids versus people? The only reason you, that that statement makes sense is if kids are not people. Because if you say, everyone knows I like dogs more than people, that makes sense because dogs aren't people. <laughs> but if you say, everyone knows I like kids better than people, that doesn't make sense because kids are people, Joe. <laughs> right? So there's that Freudian slip. A Freudian slip is where you say one thing about being your mother. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what are you kind of saying there, Joe? And of course, it's tragic because he doesn't believe all kids are people. It wasn't a Freudian slip. It was an honest statement. <laughs> and it just, he spoke in a time of... Yeah. Honesty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So if you're, because if you're a pre-born kid, then you quite literally are denied rights of peoplehood, of personhood, by that president and by that party. And now some of Joe Biden's qualifications um, to serve in the Biden-Harris um, administration, particularly in the HHS, uh, seem to be exactly that. To to also believe that not all kids are people. Now, you, the, the, the one who was applying for assistant health secretary, Dr. Levin or Le Yeah, Le you Le covered some of this. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a biological male. That's right. Uh, goes as a, as a woman. And asking to, to be uh, confirmed as assistant secretary of health, yeah. confronted by uh, Senator Rand Paul. Yeah. Did a great job. Yeah. Will you, multiple times, multiple times, him, him, will you renounce the mutilation of minors? Minors specifically focused on minors. And, I mean, cut, t cutting genitalia. Yeah. Re removing breasts. Yeah. And he and this doctor said no. Yeah. It didn't say no. Would re refuse to answer the question. That's right. That's right. And you guys saw this. You, yeah. you played it here on, on Vintage McCoy. It's Gives barbaric. Gives a mealy-mouthed, typical leftist answer where he prances around the question. Oh, well, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, and I'd be happy to come by your office and explain what that science means to you and work together. Blah, 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 blah. My friend John Stone Street at the Chuck Colson Center for Worldview had a great paraphrase of Richard Rachel Levine's answer, he paraphrased it this way. The science is settled, and I'll prove it to you by coercing you to comply. And, aha, uh -huh, exactly. That's exactly what's going on okay, here. Okay, repeat that, Seth. That is so good. Yes, yes. So, so credit to my what, friend John Stone Street. John Stone Street, but he's, he's, he's saying that Richard Levin is saying to Senator Paul in, in, yeah, he's paraphrasing, in paraphrasing his mealy mouth. This is what it really diction. means. Yeah. Okay, and, do and, it. He, and he said what essentially what Rachel Richard Levine is telling Rand Paul is the science is settled, and don't worry, I'll prove it to you by coercing you to comply, um, because we understand what the Equal Rights Amendment would mean. We understand what their sort of pipe dream is for quote unquote transgender rights. And it does involve the coercion of others to participate in things that they don't want to and either have moral or religious objections to. The coercion of language to force you to call people by their gender identity, right? Um, and and, and the, the coercion of religious individuals or parents to be silenced, to be shut up, to have their parental rights removed from them. And that's what Rand Paul was trying to get at. He was saying, according to, your, to what you want to do and your prior statements, right, as a pediatrician, which is an ironic statement in and of Crazy. itself, um, you support the genital mutilations of minors 
because what they play, Timmy played with a doll one time and said, "Hey, mommy, <laughs> I'm a girl." Yeah, my son tells me that he's a Jedi at 6 a.m. when he wakes up. If I if I go through a Jedi transition surgery, that would be deeply immoral, sick, and depraved because that's not who my son actually is. I would be I would be affirming a fantasy, yeah. and that's exactly the type of language I think we should use, and the type of language that Ben Shapiro has used specifically on this debate, is why are we mainstreaming delusion? But you see, Rob, it's not just the mainstreaming of delusion. It's the deification of delusion. Because the left, and the fill-in for that now, is, sadly, is pretty much the Democratic Party, um, they worship this gender identity, transgender ideology, with more fervor and commitment than many Christians worship their God. And they will defend this ideology with more passion than most Christians will defend the gospel of yeah. their God. And that is a secular leftist gospel that they're willing to die on. But it is a religion, and we should be very clear in how we speak about it, Rob. This is not just some secular dogma. It's not just some uh, anti-religious secular worldview. It is a religious worldview. It has religious underpinnings. And the sort of timeless description of the religion of the left is actually a heresy, and it's been labeled a heresy by the church, and it's called Gnostic dualism. When, when you have transgender uh, stating that, that there's not just two genders, and you're, you're basically losing all of women's sports, feminists, second wave, they're all silent, no one's saying anything. Yeah. And, and propaganda is when someone thrusts on you something that isn't true and humiliates you, that you must submit to it and believe it, 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 it after a while it's conditioning. Yeah, that's right. And, and the church must stand that's in right. opposition to this deceit. Amen. That's right. And stand up and say, no, that, that's, that, that is not the issue. That's right. It, it isn't about being tolerant of this, this lie. Yeah, that's right. This, this, it, we're not doing you any favors, and we're not being compassionate by making you feel comfortable with this stupidity. Exactly right. That's right. And, I mean, Nazi propagandist Joseph Goebbels yeah. explained um, sort of the strategy of propaganda. You know, and he, he specifically was talking about these very big lies, big lies like not all humans are persons, like Jews are subhuman or untermensch. And Goebbels said that the biggest lies have to be repeated over and over, over. and over and over again. So it's not just enough, Rob, that you say that boys are girls and girls are boys or that two plus two equals five. That's actually not enough. You actually have to believe it, dang it. And um, this is what Winston, the character in, in George Orwell's 1984 novel, sort of prophetically explains, right? He actually says in that book, George Orwell writing, of course, says that in the end, the party would declare that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. That's what he, they, he says. And he goes on to say that, um, that the philosophy of their worldview demanded it, demanded that they affirm this belief, this delusion. Yeah. And so he says that the heresy of heresies is common sense. And I think that language is actually very important because it assumes a religious underpinning, right? You're a heretic because you've contradicted or opposed the leftist theocracy. Which is heresy. That's right. And the, the, the left does have a religion. It's called Gnostic dualism. And Gnostic dualism is this idea that the real you is not your body. So the body, according to Gnostic dualism, the body is bad. The physical body, our flesh, our bones, it's evil. It's bad. And it means nothing. 
So we can mistreat the body. You can sleep around as much as you want, abort as many babies as you want, change your genders, because the body actually doesn't mean anything. It's evil. It's a shell that will one day vacate. The real us is our soul. The real us, according to Gnostic dualism, is our consciousness, our self-awareness, our feelings, our emotions. Mm. That's the leftist. That's exactly what the left yeah. believes about the human person. So they do have religious underpinnings. So isn't it funny? They say, keep religion out of politics, right? And we say, well, keep politics out of religion. Keep the state out of the church. Sure, right. that, that's, that is an adequate reply. But what about the religion of leftism? What a selective application for keeping religion out of politics because the left does have a religion. Ah, uh, yes, like, t like usual, this language just becomes a political cudgel. Because the only religion that the left is concerned keeping out of politics is the Judeo-Christian yeah. worldview. Keep it out. And so, so you 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 have them um, thrusting on us this heresy, and then affirming their heresy, right. and and calling us heretics, but affirming their heresy, which is a right. heresy. Whoa. It's so confusing. And where are the pastors? If it, this is a heresy. Well, but this is the part where. Common sense is no longer common. That's right. The heresy of heresies was common sense. Yeah. And it's no longer common. That's right. And it, 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 it's more beneficial in the mindset of shepherds who were called to stand upon the truth. Hmm. It's more beneficial for them with their worldly gain to yield to the tyranny and the deception right. than it is to stand in defense of the unborn. And the truth. Yeah. The left's definition of issues that they want the church to be silent on will always be the word political. Because the church isn't political. We're about the Great Commission. And the left understands that the church is afraid of politics. So the, church, the left will just name any issue that they want you to be silent on political. Just preach that gospel. But just keep it in the walls of the church. Keep it in the soup kitchens. And that's keep why, it in the marriage counseling right. sessions. And that's why Rick Warren will say that... Uh, a crisis pregnancy center or Planned Parenthood are just both moral equivalents. Right. Yeah, essentially. Right. What? Yeah. How, where, do you, where do you come off saying that? Yeah. So we actually have one more clip that we want to play. Uh, tell me. Because this Freudian slip or this admission by Joe Biden that I like kids better than people because kids aren't people, preborn kids aren't people that you deny personhood to. And that's obviously something that Richard or Rachel Levine believes as well. And even if he doesn't believe it, he certainly treats kids like they're not people. Genital mutilation of minors is not treating kids like yeah, people. No, no. But as I was talking to you earlier, I mentioned that apparently, from my perspective, it seems like the Biden-Harris administration has a couple qualifications for people to serve in the Health and Human Services Department. One, you must reject the objective findings of science right. that um, we are human from the moment of conception and that boys can't be girls and girls can't be boys. You must reject that at face value. Why else would you appoint the Assistant Health and Human Services Director as a man who believes he's a woman and a pediatrician? Whoa. But you know who Biden's pick is for the director of the HHS, Xavier sure. Becerra. Yep. California. Who, California Attorney General, uh, who took Kamala Harris's place as Attorney General when she became a senator. Well, he's also being questioned right now during Senate hearings, right, to see if to vet him out this and everything. This is a great clip. And, the, and of all the people to push him on his worldview, it's actually Mitt Romney, yeah. one of the greatest Republican squishes, to put it lightly, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in the GOP. And yet, I think this might be his shining moment in his political career. 
well, sadly, and it's not sadly, even, it's right. not even that shining because he kind of folds at the end. He right. should have kept pushing. But he should have, yeah. But this hey, is great. He did it. So this is a clip, just okay. so our your viewers know, of Mitt Romney um, questioning Xavier Becerra for his ghoulish support of partial birth abortions while he was in Congress in 2003. Okay, so partial birth abortion. The, the baby is born, the head comes out of the vaginal canal, then the incision is made to the back of the skull, the brains are sucked out, yeah. and then the rest of the baby is born. Yeah, and, and if we have a couple animated pictures here, um, if, if, if we want to pull those up, if you guys want to look at this, forewarning, it's graphic, but they're not real, it's an animation. But this is what a partial birth abortion looks like. If, and if they have it, we'll pull it up, but I, let's show the clip first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's Mitt Romney questioning Xavier Becerra on his support for partial birth abortion. Uh, on his support of this butchery. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Take a look. Most people agree that partial birth abortion uh, uh, is awful. Uh, you voted against a ban on partial birth abortion. Why? So, Senator, here, um, I, I understand that people have different deeply held beliefs on, on this issue, and, and I respect that. Um, I have worked, as I've mentioned, for decades trying to protect the health of men and women, young and old. Uh, and as Attorney General, my job has been uh, to follow the law and make sure others are following the law. And I'm also sitting in front of a high-risk OBGYN who for several decades had the work of protecting the health of women and a, a future baby. And so I, I will tell you that when I come to these issues, I understand that we may not always agree uh, on where to go, but I think we can find some common ground on these issues because everyone wants to make sure that if you have an opportunity, you're gonna live a, a healthy life. And I will tell you that I, I hope to be able to work with you and others to reach that common ground on so many different issues. I think we can reach common ground on many issues, but on partial birth abortion, it sounds like we, we're not going to reach uh, common ground there. Ghoulish, ghoulish stuff. So the second qualification, apparently, to serve in the Biden administration's Health and Human Services Department, Rob, Health is, and Human Services. Right, I know, yeah. already funny, right, or ghoulish, is to support chopping up children. So those are the two qualifications that you must meet. You must deny the objective findings of science that human beings begin at the moment of conception and there are only two genders. And secondly, you actually must support publicly chopping up children. Mutilating. Yeah, yeah. which is exactly what they both support. That's right. In Richard Levine's case, chopping up children through genital mutilations against their consent because minors can't consent to something right. like that and even against possibly, and quite literally, according if you interpret the law, the parental wishes of their parents, because that would right. be discrimination to deprive right. that child that gender reassignment surgery right. Um, but partial birth abortions also chop up children, yeah. quite literally. And so they, we, we they've have, made it out, and let's kill them. Yeah, we have just a, two or three pictures here for you, but you, you essentially take forceps, and you pull the child out by their legs, so the opposite in how okay. a child's normally delivered. So the, 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 I got it wrong then. So the child is almost three-quarters of the way out of right. the vaginal canal, yeah. and all that's left is the head. That's right. So these were performed in the second and third trimester. I'm always thinking to myself, a breach. That's why yeah. I couldn't process it's it. Sick stuff, Rob. Yeah. This so is... you pull the child down, and you leave the head and a part of the um, sh shoulders, shoulders in the birth canal. So at this point, Rob, the baby's legs and buttocks are out, and they're flailing around, expecting yeah. the warmth of their mother, who unfortunately scheduled their death. Then... The abortionist takes scissors and he, he slides them carefully up the birth canal and sticks them into the back of the neck right here. And he opens those scissors to create a hole. 
He does that in order to stick a vacuum suction catheter tube in there and to suck the brains out. Um, on my show, Unaborted, with Seth Gruber, I actually read a description of a nurse who worked for abortionist Martin Haskell in the early 90s or late 80s, and she only worked for him for three days. Martin Haskell is the inventor of the partial birth abortion surgery, quote unquote. And she couldn't work for him um, by the third day because of how blackened her soul was witnessing what was done by Haskell to these children whose bodies he then threw on the tray and who the bodies she saw were still moving around. So you essentially collapse the cavity and brain of the head because the brain is now suctioned out. Okay, this is what Xavier Becerra voted against. Partial birth abortion ban came to Congress in 1995, passed the House and the Senate, vetoed by Bill Clinton. Again in 2003, passes the House and the Senate, signed into law by Bush. In 2003, Xavier Becerra was in the House of Representatives and voted against the partial birth abortion ban. So you are an infanticidal maniac. And did you know, according to a Gallup poll in 2019, only 13% of the American public thinks that third trimester abortions should be legal. So one wonders what percentage of the American public would support partial birth abortions where the child is 75% of the way out of the womb, probably less than 13%. And this is something that Xavier Becerra voted against. Sick stuff. So you have to support chopping up children. Yeah. And his mealy mouth dancer, just like Richard Levine's mealy mouth dancer, because they all have this understanding that science is whatever they want and they can tinker with human nature and use go, science. Go ahead, go ahead and repeat your friend's comment. What's that? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The science is settled, and I'll, I'll prove it to you by coercing, coercing you to comply. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going on here. And so you guys saw in his answer. He's, Seth, he's, Seth, Seth, stop it. You're, you're getting way too political. <laughs> and listen, the church doesn't belong in politics. That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what yeah. is your problem? Yep. Seriously, what, why, why would you bring this into the church? That's the goal, though, right? Hyperbole. Because <laughs> if you can label it political, then you can attack Christians who believe that their faith should go into every sphere of the culture, every sphere of human life, by saying, oh, you're just a political hack who's creating an idol out of politics, and I thought your idol was supposed to be God. Right? That, that's the attack. That's what they're supposed to do. And Russell Moore and Andy Stanley and Tim Keller just lay over, and they go, you're right. We should only preach a gospel of salvation that only has to do with the saving of souls and not the protection of preaching that gospel or of loving neighbors who are bleeding out on the side of the road. Yeah. Or, or letting children come to a, a saving knowledge because their life has been... Oh, right. Yeah, eviscerated. Yep. Wow. So you must support chopping up children and deny the objective findings of science. And Xavier Becerra, in a few seconds here, guys, went after nuns and sued the federal government after Trump said the little sisters of the poor yep. don't have to pay for contraceptives or abortion-inducing drugs. He went ahead and sued the federal government while Trump was president to say those nuns have to pay for abortion-inducing drugs and contraceptives. Xavier Becerra continued Kamala Harris's criminal prosecution against pro-life undercover journalists who yeah. exposed Planned Parenthood for breaking federal law and selling dead baby body parts. And Xavier Becerra tried to force California pro-life pregnancy centers to advertise abortions Abortion, in their facilities yeah. and refer for them. That's like forcing PETA to advertise where the local butchery is. And of course, the left would lose their minds if that happened. So this is who this man is. Yeah. And these are the people being entertained in this administration. But listen, Christian, you don't, you don't need to involve yourself with this. You, you, you just... You just Put your head in the sand. Uh, the church isn't supposed to be political. 
you just go to that church that's blowing sunshine, it's got the smoke and the mirrors and the really cool worship, and, and you just praise the Lord. Don't involve yourself in the ecclesia, the public square, even though Matthew 16, 18 says, upon this rock, I'll build my ecclesia public square. I'll push back the gates. out. Forget that. You don't need to be political because churches aren't supposed to be political. We, oh, oh, we just preach the gospel. Because of our witness. Because of our witness. Yeah, we just preach the gospel. We don't do politics. Everybody does politics. And yes, you do do politics. Your apathy, inactivity, and defending by your complicity in silence has allowed a million babies a year to be ripped apart and flushed into the sewer systems of our nation. Don't tell me you don't do politics. That's right. Every Christian does politics. That's right. Everyone. And to quote Rob McCoy, <clears throat> if a witness promises to tell the truth and God's people can't even speak the truth about life, then I don't know what God they're a witness for. Amen. You said that once. I say things and forget what I say. <laughs> I feel like the president. Uh-oh. Yeah. Look, folks, we, we have a responsibility, and this is the most precarious moment in the history of the church in America. And religious liberty as we know it is about to be removed. Yeah. Well, the Equal Rights Amendment would actually force people to, not force, they can say no, but if you don't perform this abortion, you pro-life OBGYN. You're, you don't get licensed. Discrimination. Yes. Pregnancy discrimination yeah. Yeah. is what the ERA would do. And <clears throat> this could be the church's finest hour Amen. or its worst hour. Yeah. So you, but you make up your decision. You know, Lord, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like Peter. Hmm. Lord, I'll, I'll go to prison for you. I'll even die for you. Right. Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny, or before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Wow. Yeah. Not me, Lord. Maybe yeah. them, but never me. Yeah. And this is your chance. Yeah, amen. Go warm yourself by a fire and, you know, just call it a day because, you know, this Christian thing is going to cost you something. I mean, I know he went to the cross for us, bled, died, buried, resurrected, contended with the forces of evil, could, took the sin of the world upon his shoulders. Right. You know, declared, was an unborn child. Yeah, was an unborn child. Declared before the world, you know, that that uh, it is finished and uh, and to tell us die and it's paid in full. And he had you on his mind when he died and he endured the lashes and the pulling out of his beard and the beating. And yeah, but listen, no, no need to contend with culture for truth. Let it go. Just go turn on your music and yeah. and um, play your Christian game. Yeah. So, Christian, if you go to God Speak Calvary Chapel and this disturbs you and you're pro-life and you want to do something about it, um, today's Wednesday, yeah. uh, Thursday. So Thursday. Come, out, uh, come out tomorrow um, to God Speak at 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to be talking about what we're doing here to make this the California pro-life mecca where the church owns back, takes back their responsibility to love unborn children and their mothers and fathers and end the greatest scourge on the history of this country. That's not to say slavery wasn't a great scourge, but one million babies a year, 63 million at least since 1973, yeah. ripped limb from limb in the location that our Savior entered human history in. We're going to take that back and we're going to equip you and we're going to strategically think at a 60,000 foot view level. We're going to encourage and empower the people at Godspeak who have already been declaring life and defending it since before you invited me to come move up here. Pour into them. Work together. Strategize. We're going to shut down the Planned Parenthood here. We're going to equip. We're going to create partner churches. We're going to help mothers who choose life. 
share with them the gospel, support them as they mother that child, support the father to step up. Yeah. And, and we're going to contend politically. We're going to help pro-life politicians with spines of steel run, yeah, right. but we're also not going to wait for the politics to begin saving the lives of pre-born image bearers. Yeah. So come to God Speak tomorrow night, 7 p.m. I have a lot to share with you. We'll have a live guest uh, zooming in to talk to us as well. Um, this is our hour. Amen. Seth, love sitting with you. I love your passion. And uh, God, please save these babies. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why don't you close us with number six? Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll bless you here. Heavy episode. Um, but let's leave. Um, let's not leave unchanged. It, it's, not, it's, it's heavy, but it's critical. That's right. It's all good. Yep. Go with it's it. It's a call to arms. Yeah, amen. Well, we'll, we'll bless you as you, as you uh, toe the line in this battlefield. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Well, Seth Gruber, thanks for joining us, folks. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. God bless. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.